Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, Big Farig Coolers. They offer coolers, cattle coolers that hold medication and vaccinations, tumblers, growlers, and dry boxes. The coolest thing about Big Farig is you can customize it, customize it all with whatever you want. Uh, check them out at bigfarig.com, and uh, if you have any questions, email at info at bigfarig. Our next one is Glory Visuals. They specialize in wedding and commercial films. So they do videography and it's incredible. Y'all should go check them out on social media. You also can check them out on glorivisuals.com. Next up, other guys outfitters. They specialize in dry field and Canada goose hunts. Uh, they run from November through February, and they've done an awesome video of Dive Bomb Industry, so you check it out. If you want to book a hunt, uh, call Crager at 308-637-7777, or check the other guys' outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Next up is Faithful Images. Ooh. This is our personal photography business. Um, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Faithful Images Nebraska, or our website, our website, faithfulimages.org. Next up, uh, Redbeard's Custom Calls. He runs the Timber Rattler or the Cut Down Duck Call and Crossing Guard Goose Call. Awesome calls, awesome quality. This guy's no, he knows what he's doing. So give uh, Andrew a call at 712-898-6989 and uh, let him know we sent you because he'll give you 10% off. Yeah, buddy. All right, next one is Chaku Peru, owned by Angelo. He specializes in big game and waterfowl hunts in the U.S., Mexico, South America, Europe, and Australia. So you can check him out at chakupuru.com or contact him at 469-999-4043. Last one up and a new sponsor to the podcast, Whitetail Taxidermy in Louisville, Nebraska. Owned by Jody Schultz. Uh, you might know him as Pappy from our YouTube. Awesome guy, and he's an award-winning taxidermist. So give him a call at... 402-630-0031. With that being said, those are our BRH podcast sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of them, and let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Red Hunters podcast. Today we've got Jeremy with me. How are we doing, Jeremy? Mm, living life, you know. Doing pretty good. Oh, oh boy. You got back on the Instagram account now? Yeah. We've, we've, we've started taking some steps towards that. I think we're going to make our complete and total official comeback on the first. I said I was going to do it in June, but then I had some stuff come up. So I hear uh, you. July 1st is our comeback date, if you will. I feel like I need to get back on the whole YouTube wagon. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna start doing at least two videos a week. I've. I just have struggled so much. So, I think my what I'm gonna start doing is we've got a vacation like mid July. We're going mm -hmm. to Branson, and I think once I get back from Branson, it's, it's like second set of the summer. Okay, probably get scouting and doing more of that kind of stuff. So. Maybe get back on the old YouTube wagon. I need to finish up. I did a 
the call for beginners videos. I need to, I think I still need to do the feed call one. So probably need to get on that and get going, but oh well. We're going to start, I'm going to start doing some tip videos. Trell's got a puppy that he's training, hoping to put some training videos out. And then actually we're going to, or I'm going to do some religious styled videos actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know. I just, with this new outcome on life that I've had in the last couple of months, I felt like it was a good idea. So, Wow. It always seems like in YouTube, and I've seen this a little bit, is like the audience that has really followed you or you build behind, they just like you content or mm-hmm. honestly in a lot of ways they just like you as a person. Yeah. And so when you turn, turn, you know, change your content in that situation or, you know, you might lose some following, but most of your real loyal following kind of well, stays long. It's just like if we ever talk in the podcast, I'm not expecting people to watch it. I'm just more or less... Giving my views on some things and a little story. Trying to bring God into it a little bit. (laughs) If you guys are interested in looking at religious content, make sure to, I don't know if he said at the beginning yet, but uh, Jeremy's Huntfish365, so got uh, hunting content, fishing content, and then sounds like religious content. So give it a look, give it a subscribe, all that good YouTube jazz. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of jumping into the topic today, uh, i I saw it on on Instagram to start with, decided to look it up and then kind of put it on and put it out on my story just to kind of get an idea of what people thought about this. And Arizona is going to be the topic today. Arizona decided to ban trail cameras, and that tends to be a hot-button issue. Uh, The reason I brought Jeremy on today is because he's more of a public land hunter when it comes to deer. Uh, I I don't think I've ever public land hunted deer. It's really? all been private. Yeah. Oh, you lucky. <laughs> yeah. The good days. But uh, so I kind of want to get it. I've got kind of a opinion, you know, from the private land situation, but I can understand where a public land hunter would be. But Jeremy really has the expertise and the experience in this, so I figured I'd start him off. And so let's just start with a, a pro and con. Pros. What, what would you say is a... I feel like a lot of people are against this, and that's okay. But on a pro side, what would you say on the you know banning of trail cams? Well, I'll certainly say, I mean, their big whole reason behind it is fair chase, which I can kind of see, kind of can't. But I guess one pro is I would look at this at a, as a pro because I like this stuff with public land. When you walk into a new area, you don't know what's going to be there. Yeah, You had to go out and find it. And honestly, I think that's one of the best ways to hunt. It makes it so much more rewarding. So it's kind of an odd pro, but that is like one of the thoughts that I had when I heard it. I was like, you know, you're not going to have a bunch of people with trail cameras in there knowing what's in the area. You had to go out and find it. Honestly, and I hate, this isn't in my context, I think Arizona would be a lot in just in my opinion of what I think of Arizona, I mean, I've never, honestly, I've never been there and I've never really hunted, right? I have not hunted there. Um, I feel like I would be much more apt for this in Nebraska than I do in Arizona. When I think of Arizona, it's like expanse, either cliffs or desert or desert lands. I, I feel like I'd be more for this in Nebraska because it's such a, like a lot of our, our public land is such small areas and acreage mm-hmm. and it would be honestly super helpful because <laughs> you know you would get somebody that 
lives locally to just put out a bunch of trail cams and then they figure out where the deer are at. I mean, is that the case or? I can say with my experience on Nebraska public land, and I've hunted from the east side of the state to the west side of the state, probably one every 10 properties has a trail camera, unless mm. it's a giant property like the reservoirs around here that people just key in on. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see trail cam- cameras around there. Um, but as for the smaller, just cookie cutter little properties, uh, I can think of two of all the ones that I hunt, and I probably spend my time looking at about 30 properties a year or so yeah. that I have seen trail cameras on. Hmm. So it's not very prevalent. Not super. and Or there's just a bunch of people that aren't good about making sure they get them out of there. See, I don't, I don't actually know Nebraska's total rules on it, but sometimes there are some states that you're only allowed to do it for a certain time of the year. Time periods. I don't think Nebraska is that way. Again, I don't, I truthfully don't mess with them. I like to get my feet on the ground a little more. Gotcha. If I've got a really, really like, hey, I want to know everything about this property, but it's like an hour away and I want to learn more as quick as possible, I'll put a camera out or two, but. I guess another pro that we talked about a little bit when I got here was just the fact that um, something about the trail camera community, and I get that it is also with the hunting community, if you've run trail cameras, you probably had one stolen, Hmm. especially off of public land. Um, I actually have never, and it's part of the reason that I don't use them all that often is because I don't want to get them stolen. No one wants to go out and spend $100 and just watch it walk away. Yeah when you're hoping to see some big buck or an elk or a moose, even in some of these states, um, on it. Uh, my big thing about trail cams is, I mean, uh, how do I say this? I wouldn't, I'm not a huge proponent. I, to be honest, I'm really lazy during the summer cause I hate the heat. Same. And so going out in the heat, putting out trail cameras, dealing with all the crap and the mosquitoes and everything else. I'm just not a proponent of regardless so, doing all that extra work, I just, I would much rather just find a deer when it's chilly outside. <laughs> a lot of summers, that's the same deal for me. I'm like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll go put trail cameras out this summer. <laughs> it never happens. But. That's just not for me. But uh, kind of talking about pro, um, and this happens too, is, is trail cams being stolen. And so, there's a few things that kind of play into that for listeners Sometimes there's fights that happen because people think that you, they stole their trail camera or they call the game warden because they got it stolen in this area. So then they want to, you know, make up a report. Well, you got to think it uses up that game warden's time. It it takes up their time to write a report when true reality is they're never going to get that back. Mm-hmm. And then you got guys, and I've seen this even in Nebraska, you get guys posting crap on forums saying, Oh, you stole my trail camera. Mm-hmm. I've got this picture of you. I'm like, uh, and don't get me wrong. Like, it's a crap deal when somebody steals your trail camera. Absolutely. Like, that's that's 50 or 100 bucks. It just disappears. But, well, and that's just if you're going cheap. I mean, if you want the really nice cameras, go up to 400 bucks, well, which I'd never put anything like that on public land. But, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's just money walking away. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I've heard this argument back and forth. Well, 
you should just know it's probably going to get stolen. It's like, well, people should be ethical, but mm-hmm. it's hard because just reality. <laughs> I mean, it takes. I will say it takes a special kind of person to grab a camera. Yeah. Um, because I've seen, I mean, I've seen cameras on public land and not like once have I ever gone, oh, I should take that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want these people here. It's public land. You can't. I yeah. Mean, chances are they're just either going to put a camera in a different spot or they're going to come in and if you run into them they're going to be like are you the person who stole my camera this summer because especially if it's a property that doesn't have a whole lot of people using it yeah um i mean the only thing i can ever say is if you're a person that is just that invested in seeing what's on someone's camera and i i will admit to have doing doing this i will carry my camera with me yeah. Now, if it's if it's not locked, I will slip the SD card in my camera and look through it. It's public land. Yeah. Um. I. It'd probably be a gray area rule, but I'm. I would venture to <laughs> guess that that's not illegal. But taking it, taking the SD card, even yeah, that's stealing a property. I mean, it's digital property, but you're not using it for. You're you're not profiting off Mm-mm. of it. So, no. I mean, it'd be very hard for them to ever do anything about it because you're just copying it. You're not well, just and deleting I, it. I don't even copy it. I just flip through it real quick um, just to get an idea as to what's in the area. <clears throat> but I just, I like I said, it takes a special person to take the entire camera, and it takes a really special person when somebody spent the money to put a lockbox on that thing and, basically bolted to the tree yeah i mean i've heard stories of people cutting down trees and like it's just ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing too is you get those guys that have cellular cameras that can just take you know wi-fi or whatnot send direct and then they got to pay for that service and all that crap too see with arizona's new rule i could see why they don't like the cellular stuff yeah um maybe not trail cameras completely but actually i've been talking about cellular cameras with a buddy because he's got some land down in mccook and can't drive there every week so he's been looking at cellular cam cameras and i can understand why that would be seen as fair chase because you're getting day-to-day updates on your phone versus in arizona you're usually looking at a lot of big property blm kind of land uh and so you might have to walk two miles into your camera yeah. You've got it where you plan on hunting. And if you're doing that every couple of weeks, you know, that can be annoying. But oh, like yeah. I think and they don't hunt Arizona a whole lot. The group that I usually watch, um, that does a lot of those western states is uh Hushin. Mm. And, you know, they'll put a camera I mean, Eric in particular, uh, if you're familiar with the group He's got cameras all over the country. And it'll be funny because he'll go shed hunting in the summer and he'll be like, I put this camera here two years ago. <laughs> really? <laughs> and he'll be like, well, it's still here. No one took it. Let's see what kind of pictures. And he'll have pictures on it. But, like, it's not a cellular one that yeah. just gets sent to you daily. And I could be behind getting rid of those because I think if you're going to do that form of scouting – because that's essentially what it is with a trail camera. It's just another form of scouting. I think you still have to be able to put a little bit of work into it. Yeah. Um, in order to be successful, if you will. Yeah. But I, that's back. That's another thing that backs up the idea that you're 
it, it gives up an idea that out-of-staters can somehow put themselves ahead of the locals. Mm-hmm. So if you take away trail cams, you give locals a better shot at their local lands instead of getting somebody like that that's out-of-state. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of, thinking of like, Valentine, you know, that big refuge out there, and being able to have someone down in Kansas just put out a bunch of trail cams. There's really no trees out there, so good luck. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could put it up on a stick, I guess, but that's not going to work out. But, you know, having, or Halsey, I guess. Can you hunt? I've never hunted Halsey, so. I actually, uh, I'm not sure about Halsey. I've never tried hunting it. Yeah, I thought back, back towards the river you could there was an area but either way pass that up so there's a lot of trees out of Halsey <laughs> uh you know having that out and you get somebody out of state that can put up a bunch of cellular cams that has a lot of money I feel like if you had that much money you'd just end up going with a guide yeah four hundred dollars a pop but you what, know yeah well, I mean and then you if you're doing the cellular ones like my buddy who's looking for him he told me that for all the cameras he wants, it's six hundred dollars a year in subscriptions, Oof. which I was like, no, I'll I'll walk to a camera before I pay that kind of money. Six hundred bucks a year, heck, I don't know what deer guides go for, but I feel like you can almost get one on a guided hunt. You would you would be getting pretty close to it. I mean, for probably a low end guy, it's probably six or eight hundred, but for like a higher end guy, it's like thousand or twelve hundred probably. Yeah, but. I mean, oh, well, good luck to him. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it helps out. Uh, the other part of the cellular thing is just being able to get pictures from wherever. I I have thought about cellular, cellular for duck hunting, but it's only I've got a couple private ponds that I just there's, I have one that is, I would say, about two hour and a half, two hours away. It's like right on the border of Kansas, mm-hmm. south, like southeast. And I've always wanted to put up something to where I can get. I know where the ducks land at and they hang out. Yeah. But I'd like to have one in the tree and just take a like take pictures. I've seen that. I've seen that happen on like duck hunting clubs a lot, mm-hmm. like especially down south, like a a wood duck hole yeah. or that kind of stuff. But I just I don't see that happening a lot for waterfowl at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you could in Arizona because there's not a lot of water. So if you have Either a pond or reservoir, I guess you could, but I just don't see it as it's prevalent. Well, and no one thinks waterfowl and goes, "Oh, we got to go to Arizona." <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's not a state. Uh, it's not a state that people are just pumped about for duck hunting. Hey, maybe we should go. Hey, I'm just kidding. Adventure. Now, I will say, I've heard people talk about New Mexico, like the Rio Grande River, New Mexico and Nevada. I've yeah. heard are kind of a little especially closer you get to mexico a little underrated especially new mexico like yeah i actually i have a i had this kid on instagram who hey like we talked about it a while back who reached out to me asking about tips for duck hunting he's in new mexico and i was like and he's like a stone's throw from the rio grande Hmm. i was like you don't understand what you're sitting on yeah. Like, and he's like, I watch ducks fly by every day. And I'm like, go hunt them. Seriously? <laughs> and he, he shot, uh, within like his first two hunts, he shot his first greenhead. And then he actually, I was super jealous of this. He shot, a uh, one of those hens that had high testosterone. Really? And so it was like switching. 
Hmm. Got it mounted. It's cool. That's so cool. He shot like six ducks in his life, <laughs> and he shoots this duck. Must be rough. Yeah, I know, right? It's like Matt from High Prairie who shot his first green head was banded. It's <laughs> just bull crap. I'm just going to say this now. Yep. It's such bull. You know, for me, I still haven't shot a freaking banded duck. So Shot geese, but no ducks. It's just... I, I I still haven't even shot a goose and like so I was hunting with Jared and Dane and I don't remember like uh, I remember the first time I met Dane it was during duck hunt he had <laughs> he had a okay talking about a new hunter guys if you got anything just go hunt because he he showed up with like an 80 year old like double barrel shotgun <laughs> that was like I'm pretty sure 24 inches like non 26 like 24 and he, he I'm pretty sure he shot a duck that day if I remember right fast forward goose season still didn't have to do different guns still has got his own grandpa's gun and i i mean him and i both shot i don't i mean i don't know how accurate it was but it seemed like the goose got hit in two different spots and we both hit it so he flipped for it and he got it and i was like you know what this is crap <laughs> sorry right. so. i got a spot that in november i'll take you to and it's uh I'd hate to say that it's a guaranteed uh, band, but <laughs> hey, it's kind of local keys, and they it, stay there all. <laughs> it don't matter. It's a band. Yeah, right. I mean, most of the ones that we get around this area that are band, like that are banded, it's either the spot you're thinking, mm-hmm. that or there's another band, like two different banding sites. I mean, there's the re- uh, the refuge there on the border mm-hmm. on the Missouri. I can't remember the name of it right now. It's out by Blair. And then there's one. It, uh, ah, man, I'll come to my mind. Oh, oh, Eastern part in Louisville, Louisville Lake. Yeah. I mean, most of those all just hang out a around lot, those a freaking lot of, ponds. But a, a lot of the geese on this side that are, side of the state that are banded are <laughs> locals. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we love locals. <laughs> right. Shot, shot five banded geese, and they've all been within about 10 miles of where they were banded. <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love it. But either way, all right, back on track for yeah. a second. <laughs> Got on a bunny trail. Uh, talking about cons. Um, I think most people don't like the idea of giving up something just because it's America and we like freedom. Let's go. Cons, to start out with, obviously it impedes the freedom of being able to put out trail cameras. Pretty crap deal. Um, being able to, or be, not being able to put them out just kind of irks people. I guess just because it is it is frustrating that if you're able to financially, which I guess we didn't really talk about this, but pro, if you didn't have the money, right, and it's fair chase to be able to stop somebody else because they financially can do it. But I just think that it's taking away from someone being able to use all of the tools in their toolbox in order to be successful. Especially non-residents. I mean... Like if I if I was to pull an elk tag in Arizona, which Arizona is kind of quietly, if you really want to shoot a big bull, is kind of quietly becoming one of those states, um, and maybe that's part of the reason they're doing this as well, is because they know that they're going to get a lot of traffic in the future. But if I was to pull a tag, my first thought would be, all right, it's July. I got a weekend. I'm just going to make a long weekend. I'm going to go throw up four or five trail cameras in my unit that, you know, I've got spots on maps that look really good. 
I'm going to go throw them up. And when I come back in September, October, November, whenever my season is, I'll pull the cards. And it gives me an opportunity to get a better idea of what's in the area, you know, the moment I step in for my hunt. And if there's yeah. nothing, I know, hey, I don't need to mess with this area. So I guess for non-residents who don't get to see their unit all the time or where they're going to be hunting, I mean, that kind of does suck. Yeah. Because, like, us in Nebraska, if we had Arizona tags, we're not just driving to Arizona every weekend. No. Like, to scout. I mean, <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah. Like, both from a financial aspect and because that is a lot of freaking driving. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Yeah, I drove to North Platte, which was three hours from here, and I just, I was tired when I got back. So, I mean, that Arizona probably be a, probably a nine to twelve hour drive. Probably I would, I'm looking this up. Yeah, I was gonna say I would guess at least. 12, I'm just gonna get honestly. A, I'm just going to Phoenix. Let's see, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. Let's go eighteen hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, it'd be bad. <laughs> now this may be a little bit closer. The one, the two places that I would say is probably prevalent for them to hunt is the Grand Canyon National Park. And there's another one over there. And then Grand Canyon Para, what does that say? Parishing? I have no idea, but I mean, it's a little closer, a couple hours, but 17 hours, never mind, 17 <laughs> hours. Oh, boy. I don't think I'm making that track unless that, that kid says, hey, let's go hunt the Rio Grande River in New Mexico. Let's just say, anybody listening, you want to invite us. Yeah, let's go. You got some uh, places on the river down. Well, okay, so we're getting off topic again, but I'm just doing it anyway because I want to. Uh, The places I do really like to hunt is Canada, obviously. We're going to Arkansas this year, so I'm going to mark that off the list. Uh, I don't know. Missouri is probably on the list. Maybe Minnesota, but New Mexico is really pretty high on the list. Oh, and Montana. I want to go to Montana. I made a, bu- a new buddy at a wedding here last weekend who yeah. lives in Minnesota, and he both invited me up for fishing, and uh, it clicked that their duck season starts about two weeks before ours, and I was yeah. like, <laughs> all right, I'll see you in September. <laughs> right. That uh, I think ours, when does ours start? September 4th? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because teal. Because September 1st is dove season. Yeah. I'll probably take that day off, but another another little bunny tangent. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So, New Mexico. Anybody? <laughs> let's go. But, uh, okay, cons. We've got the freedom aspect, out-of-towners aspect. I think a time aspect for, like, local guys is a problem because – you know, most nine to five guys can't spend a lot of extra time chasing around deer, especially if they got a kid. Yeah. You know, that's my big thing is when you got a kid out there that I hate to say this, but a kid when you're taking a, t- a kid deer hunting, it's it's almost impossible. I wouldn't say quite impossible, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because it's just hard to keep them entertained. So being able to fang- figure out where the deer are at or even in the area just to keep their interest going because yeah. if they don't see anything all day and they're just sitting there bored then it kind of runs ruins that that situation for that you know dad and kid but yeah i don't know what's your thoughts on that uh i mean a lot of that western hunting stuff it's not like the midwest or the east side of the country 
where everybody sits in a tree stand. Um, yeah. And you're getting up and moving around, you know, glassing stuff. But I agree. It, it is always it is always nice to walk into an area and know for sure that there's deer there or yeah. that there's even been deer in the last couple of days. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Shay got home from work. I get all sorts of noise over there. <laughs> Don't worry, I still love her. I'll let her get away with it this time. <laughs> but no, I I I think it, so most of it would be spot and stock stuff, which would keep a kid a little interested, I guess, but just the wide expanse of area you would have to roam around to hopefully even find one would be rough. I think if I was gonna put out a trail cam, I'd go find a water source. And then go track yeah. or a food source and go track them from there. A water source or an extremely well used trail. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. And I will say that. I mean, Arizona, a lot of their public land, because it's BLM land, you're talking thousands and thousands of acres. Honestly, you could put trail cameras out for a couple months and it could have been a cattle trail. Yeah. Like you don't even know in some of those places. Like sometimes putting out those trail cameras is just a waste of your time. Yeah. Um, other times you might see a 180 inch mule deer or a 360 inch bull elk walk by, but yeah, it's, it's a crapshoot is what it is. And so that's why I have a, a little bit of a problem with the fair chase aspect of the rule. Cause it's like, I I hear it, but I don't quite see the value of it. Yeah. Like, because I'm all for fair chase. I mean, part of that's from years of hunting public land, both waterfowl and big game. But, it's yeah. yeah. I think the other big con that I have a problem with is that, as I was saying earlier to you, I fear that a lot of those western states will go to this. They'll, cause well, it, a lot of these western states, and we can try to stay away from the political part of it, but they all want to see hunting die. You know, California stopped uh, letting people hunt coyotes or trap. They're done with that. And it's only a matter of time before California tries to find ways to stop hunting. Well, they just tried to um, outlaw bear hunting again. Oh, and I think I don't think that was successful. I think it got shut down pretty quick. But it's, it's like the third or fourth games until like the third or fourth time they've tried in the last decade. Yeah, and so, but it all. I mean, it all ends up starting out that way and coming this way. Yeah, I mean, I could see it going. I would. I don't know if it honestly would make it to the east side of the U.S. just because there's so many. The people that do hunt out there have clubs, and I think the clubs would push a lot of the state and say no because there's not really that much public around. I think if you could draw a line on the map of the United States, find the east side of Colorado, and that's about where I think it would stop. Honestly, I don't even think that this is something that would happen in the Midwest. I can tell you that the landowners in Nebraska would riot. (laughs) <laughs> they would riot because the land like Nebraska landowners are the cream of the crop when it comes to lazy hunting. <laughs> really? What makes you say that? <laughs> well, I just 
I just, I know, I, no, I've spent my time public land hunting, but I know plenty of people who have hunted private land, and I have been on private land before. It's just, yeah, a lot of them just put trail cameras out, and then they go hunting in November. Hey. So, I'm don't, not saying don't be any, hating on my 50 yard walk I'm, to my stand. I'm not saying anything <laughs> wrong with it. Trust me, if I, I like, if I had my own private land, I would do the same thing. I have one piece of property that I get to do that on a year at each year. Yeah, and so I'm not like cussing it out. I just it would never. I don't think something like that would pass in Nebraska. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. And so another con of this too is, and Jeremy and I talked about this. We aren't totally sure on this so don't give me a lot of grief but from our understanding this did spill out into private land in arizona too so huge con you know if you're trying to cultivate a piece of land and you know i don't know exactly how that would play out in arizona i guess you'd have some cow cattle tank or whatnot maybe with some food but you know if you're wanting to have a piece of property and really track the deer trails especially that in that region of the world it'd be really it'd be really helpful i mean it really would if you you could have your own piece of property like here just like here in nebraska but not being able to do that on your own land would i really i'd be pissed to be honest well and i'm sure there's a bunch of guides that are in uproar they pay probably depending on the landowner a couple thousand dollars to lease out you know, 10,000 acres for a year. And then, you know, they pass a bill like this and it's like, oh my goodness, it's already July. I got two months until hunting season. I got 12 clients coming in. I'm curious now, can you guide on public land in Arizona? Most of the Western states, you can do some form of guiding. I'm sure you have to pay like fees and stuff. You have to have a license, at least from my understanding. That would, that would almost, I wouldn't say ruin a guide out in Arizona, but that definitely do some damage. It would, it would add, um, a new, cause you don't, instead of paying for game cams and all that stuff, you didn't, you, you would more than likely have to pay somebody to go scout. Like we, well, you're mm-hmm. guiding someone, you'd have to se- have a second guy in a second area. Yeah. Scouting for the next guy that's going to come in. Hmm. Yeah. I would not be happy about that. I'd be, so, you know, if that's her living, is yeah. that what you, that's what you're doing. That's no bad, bad stuff. But I don't know. Do you have any more cons that you could think of? Uh, let's see. Currently, cur- or currently, Arizona does not have a formal guide association or board, and the department is regulatory authority. The state of Arizona does not offer or require an outfitter license. These permits can be obtained, and appropriate land management agencies and offices often have a fee or reporting requirements. So, yes, it sounds like you can. Looks like they don't really. Hmm. Looks like they don't really regulate it that much. Huh? That's weird. You'd think they would, but that would, yeah, that would put a big hurt on them. I. That's the other thing too. Is I wonder what. Here's another question for you I just thought of. I mean, how would they regulate the game cameras? There's such a wide expanse of public land for a game officer. I mean, if you're walking around or whatnot, or I guess maybe they'd have an ATV, who knows. But 
you know, you see a game camera, how are you ever going to find out whose it is? Well, you just I, cut it down, and take it home. You but. cut it down, and take it home. Maybe you're lucky, and the person walked in front of it right as they left it. Because um, usually, <laughs> your first three pictures and your last three pictures are your are of yourself leaving and coming to the camera. I mean, depends on how you have it set. Some of them you can like have them wait five or ten minutes before they really turn on. But I mean, you could just. Be smart about it. It's yeah. a situation yeah. to cover it up. <laughs> um, I have thought about that. Is one thought that I was like having today as I was, you know, thinking about this is how are you going to regulate that? Yeah. Like, especially like you're talking again about a state that a lot of its property is going to be in giant chunks of land. Yeah. And it's not like Nebraska where you've got 150 acres here. 20 acres sometimes even and then you've got a couple that are just giant pieces of property so i don't know i mean my guess is that you wouldn't want to be caught with one on you um because probably as they're getting it like going i'm gonna guess it'll be a health a healthy fine and they're gonna take the camera yeah um i mean by healthy, I mean it could be 150 200 bucks a camera. Yeah. Uh, now, I would guess they will give probably three to six months for anybody that's got cameras up to either go get them or just say, well, cost me $50 for the camera. It's three miles in. Do I really care that much about something I won't be able to use? I bet there will be a lot of cameras that get left out there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll almost be like... It'll almost be like shed hunting. It'll be worth grabbing it just to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, just think if you're the like the hushing guys yeah. and go there like once every two or three years. Like, oh well, eh, sorry. Yeah. Have a nice day. I guess the only way they would be able to track it is if they had serial numbers on the inside, which they do, and somehow backtracked it to who who purchased it. But even then, it. Well, and then it, it becomes the question, say, Game Warden walks by and finds a camera, but the last picture on it's from three years ago. Yeah. You're not going to try and find somebody for something that happened and that was up way before um, you pass this rule. At least, I would be outraged if I had put up a camera in <laughs> 2018 and then it died, you know, late 18, early 19, because some of those cameras you can get battery life for almost a year. Yeah. Um, and then I got a letter from the Arizona game and park saying, here's a fine for $150 because we found your camera in the middle of <laughs> uh, nowhere. Just think if it was a misdemeanor and you had to go to court, oh, drive man. 18 hours out there <laughs> to go out and go and go to court just to get your fine. Yeah. What a pain in the butt. That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, good thing I'm not hunting in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Good thing that if I ever do plan a trip, it's way after this rule. Yeah. I, I feel like if I go to Arizona, which I probably won't, mule deer is pretty interesting. I, I do they? I'm pretty sure they antelope hunt out there. I wouldn't mind doing that. I don't know if. I mean, if I had to guess, Arizona is probably one of the lower end states for antelope. But I'm honestly not sure. Me, we, uh, 
there was a thing that came out this year in the Grand Canyon State Park. They're trying to get rid of some of the buffalo they have there. Mm-hmm. And all me, my dad, and Cheryl all uh, applied for that. It was free. Hmm. It, it's essentially a volunteer thing. Yeah. Um, but we, I they put it on Fox News. I don't even want to know how many people applied for that. And there was like <laughs> eight tags or something like that. Um, but worth I, it. Yeah. Not the only two things I go to Arizona for is I would I would go on an elk hunt in Arizona and someday I will hunt turkeys in Arizona because me and Terrell are kind of on this whole bandwagon to shoot every uh, shoot a turkey in all 49 states. By that you mean you guys hunt turkeys in every state. You shoot it, he just says. Yeah, it yeah. Says, oh, Terrell's well. along for the ride and will never kill one. He's going to be like 40 <laughs> years old and never shot a turkey. I'm going to be sitting over here I just was, like... I was talking to my dad today, and we've got a... So, funny story. So, my dad's buddies with a guy that actually deer... He has some deer hunting land. I've hunted there a couple times, or a few times, and um, he took him out to go turkey hunting. He's like, hey, my dad goes every year the same land with him, and He's like, well, I'll trade, you know, I'll take you out turkey hunting. And like I was telling you a while back, I got some some private land to go turkey hunting out west. I, it's really good land, and I really should go, but I'm really too lazy. Brother, next spring. So shame on me, I know. Next spring we'll go. I'll get you on a turkey, and we'll see what happens for me. <laughs> like, how do, how do I say this? There's literally turkeys like 50 yards from the landowner's house, and we're really good <laughs> friends with him. So we were out there like last year and I'm sitting there and it was Christmas time and like we're on the level with this family that like we go to their Christmas parties. Yeah. And so, cause my, my grandpa's been hunting there since deer hunting there since like the fifties. Oh dang. Crazy. So friends with them and I'm just looking out, they're making Christmas cookies and stuff. I look out the back window and there's like two toms just back there just like doing their thing i'm like well then he's like do you want to <laughs> he's like you can come shoot one in spring if you want and i was like i might i might come out and he's like okay he's like i'm tired of that thing eating my flowers <laughs> 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 uh but my dad took him out there and uh i guess he uh found some turkeys end up box calling him and he's like dude it was the craziest thing he's like i'm talking like He's like television, like Tom coming in hot. He's like, a guy pulled up and shot, and he's like, there's two Toms and one hen. Guess which one he shot? Oh no, the hen. Oh. <laughs> he's like, oh, it was the funniest thing. We just couldn't help but laugh about it. He's like, eh, it is what it is. So, hand down. But oh well. So if you had the chance to go to turkey hunting, yeah. Well, apparently can't put out a trail camera now. So sorry, buddy. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so kind of finish off the podcast. Now, the board uh, voted 5-0 to zero for the ban. If you were sitting on the board looking at the options, what would you say? What would be your vote? Oh, geez. First of all, 5-0 to zero blows my mind. I can't believe that all five people were in on it. Yeah, probably means that there was one of them that was like against it, but was like, might as well just go five zero. Yeah. Uh, truthfully, I probably would have voted against it 
And but I would have switched up how um, I would have voted against the ban. But and I know it sucks to think this way, but on a game and parks level, they're always thinking this way. What a a kind of a golden opportunity to bring in a little more money, like a five money. a five dollar permit that allows you to you know put game game cameras out yeah i mean again i don't i you miss me pretty much completely with the whole fair chase conversation a little bit because like you're scouting one spot per camera for sometimes months year i mean i probably would have voted against the ban especially on the um fair chase clause yeah if they had brought it to to the vote and they were like all right we had 2352 calls about game wardens or uh, calls to our game wardens this year about cameras being stolen messed with or broken i probably would be like all right that's ridiculous um and i i you probably could get me to look for a ban in that kind of a situation. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, that's my biggest problem with trail cameras is that people steal them off yeah. of public land. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where you'd be at. I, thinking through it, depending on how money or how much time they're spending on this whole stolen game camera thing, that'd probably be something I'd be interested in on hearing the information about. I would... I would more than likely vote against it uh, just because I, from the freedom aspect, from the guiding aspect, I mean, if I was in Arizona, I'd definitely regulate guides on public land. Mm -hmm. I'd make some money off that, but I would vote against it with the tendency of somehow regulating it to a certain degree. I mean, I don't know how prevalent prevalent it is in Arizona, so that makes me kind of curious, but... It, I guess I never really got an, a feel for how big of the issue it is in Arizona. Yeah. But, I mean, just coming from a scope in Nebraska, I mean, it's an issue. People get grumpy about it, but I don't I don't think it's that big of an issue to ban it altogether. So, yeah, I think the making money aspect would be kind of interesting. Now, if someone had put you on the board in Nebraska Game Parks... And they brought this up with the tendency, of course, that private land is out of the picture. If it was just private or public land. Oh, just public just land? Just public land, banning cameras. What would you say? I, In Nebraska, I could be okay with it. Like, and I know, I know, <laughs> really contradict, like, I'm really contradicting myself here. But um, because of the fact that most of the public land in the state of Nebraska Especially, like, we're on the east side of the state. Uh, a lot of the private or public land on this side of the state is very small sections or something that you could walk through and understand in, like, two days. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, 10,000 acres. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have some pieces in on the western side of the state that I would love to put cameras on in fact i have one that i'm gonna put a camera on later this year and just 
pray that it doesn't get stolen because I'd like to know what is there before I go there for rifle season this year. Yeah. Um, but I could, I don't know that I would like full blown vote for it, but I would be a supporter if it went that way. Like I would be very neutral about it, which is lame to say I get it. Yeah. But, um, I either way would be okay for just public land aspect. Because again, I, <laughs> I think if you tried to make that a private land thing, yeah. Oh, it would, it would go bad. You would end up with Matt's hysteria in the yeah. state of Nebraska. <laughs> or so. just have a bunch of people that would quit hunting. I think we have a lot of people that are like right on that edge of just stepping away from hunting in a lot of states. And I think if you gave them one more reason to step away, yeah, I think they'd step away. Hmm. I'm trying to think, what would I do? If I was in that scenario, what I would, what I would do? Uh, if we're just doing public banning it in the state of Nebraska, I would listen to the contingencies of regulating it and making money off of it. But uh, I would probably vote to do away with it. I mean, with there's just so there's so many small sections that there's just not much, and there's like two big, like decent sized reservations. I mean, you could still walk those. I just, I think it would help the state of Nebraska when it comes to deer hunting. On the public land side, but I just don't have that much experience because I don't like getting shot at with rifles in yeah. a 150 acre piece of land, to be honest. And I'm just not a big deer hunter in general. But I did kind of, which not to start the conversation back up again, but I I did think about it would be a con slash a pro. You're probably in Arizona. You're going to see a lot less people try and apply. Yeah, but they're if I had to really guess. They're looking at the elk population in particular and trying to probably find a way to make sure that they continue, that population continues to grow. Yeah. I think all this will end up doing, which would be a pro is I think you'll see their population bounce back quite a bit because there's going to be less people that are going to go. The state's going to bring in less money, which means that the tags will probably go up at some point, which I think an Arizona elk tag's like just shy of $900 now, so it's not like it's cheap as it is. Ooh, boy. Yeah, no, elk hunting is expensive, which sucks because right now I have one for sure trip in the works, <laughs> and I might have two others, so I'm... For elk or just trips? For elk. You get Wyoming. Where's the other ones? Well, so I figure out Friday if I pull in Nebraska. Fingers okay. crossed. This is like year number four. And they say you should start seeing results then. I hate to break your heart, but my dad's on year seven. I talked, <laughs> well, that's nothing. I, last year, right after the results came out, I talked because Trell pulled a tag. Now he pulled a cow tag. Year one, of course. Must be uh, rough. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, he was getting a new scope for his gun. We are talking to the guy at Shields. And he's like, oh, yeah, took me seven years. And then he hit me with a heartbreaker. <laughs> Because he goes, yeah, my dad's been applying for 22 years in the state of <laughs> Nebraska. And I was like, yo, I didn't even know they'd been going that long. That has to be like. It's the longest standing in the state. Because that's, 
Because, okay, so the way, from my understanding, the way they do system in Nebraska is that each year you get a point. You get a point. And the more point, the preferential t- treatment you get. Mm-hmm. You are You must have really lucky. bad, yeah. yeah. No, I, like, I've heard a lot of, like, 5 to 10, but yeah. when I, that 22, that's the most I've ever heard. Because I, like, my heart sank to my feet. Now, he's he didn't pull for the unit that I want. I, so... That same that same land that we have that we can deer hunt and then turkey hunt has a lot of elk. And I'll oh, so you were talking way up in the west. I'm west. talking like so it'd be I hate to uh it's like south and north Platte in the canyons out in that area. Oh, okay. So hopefully come on, come on, let's find it, not take too much time. Uh we'll get there eventually. Well, but while he finds that, yeah, so I, I, I'm waiting to figure out if I pull that tag, and then I got at, I was going to, my dad, one of his old buddies. That's the one that got shot off the oh, line last geez. year. I'm looking at like a 360-inch bull right now, and I just, <laughs> oh. Monster. I've got, a, I've got a property that I can hunt in Nebraska whenever I do pull the tag, and in this dude's cabin, he's got, a 360-inch bull that's got, uh, let's see, it's, I think there's a different verbiage for it for elk, but it would be the equivalent of the G2 on a deer yeah. broken off. It's missing about 25 inches Oof. in total length. Like, it, it was a almost a, and he's got pictures of almost 400-inch bulls on that property. That's nuts. And that's and, the thing is, like, I found that Nebraska farmers just hate them. Oh, they hate them. Because they dude, run down corn like nothing flat. Well, in North Platte a couple years ago, they gave 50 uh, um, nuisance tags away yeah. for like one property. Yeah. And they wiped out pretty much a whole herd because this dude would not cook. Like, I mean, they wiped out a lot of cropland, but. Hmm. I wonder if those some of those came from where we used to hunt. Because we used to hunt like west, probably. <laughs> 50 miles down by Sutherland. Yeah. And there was a herd that hung out there, but the farmer got so mad that they would hang out there that there were cedar trees along where this creek was, and he just got pissed, and he just pulled all the cedar trees. Well, that's where they were bedding down, Mm. and they just left. Okay. Because they were there for years at a time. I think we saw them for four or five years down there, and the farmer's like, if you get a tag, come shoot it, because I'm tired of these stupid things. Yeah. I mean, the guy that I have permission for loves to elk hunt but he's a non-resident he's from wyoming so he he's shot his one elk ever yeah because he's a non-resident i mean land nebraska landowners can get a bull tag every three years but he's like they destroy property and fences and trees and everything (laughs) and he he's got a herd that will never go anywhere it's well, I check it out on our YouTube. Trail shoots cow elk. Uh, it's from last August because he pulled an early season cow tag and gotcha. Uh, the the group that we were looking at was eighty four head, and that what he told us after we got done hunting that the big bulls weren't even there, which Jeez. is really crazy because there was two or three bulls in that group that were three twenty already, <laughs> and they weren't the big ones. Yeah, that's nuts. Hey, well, it sounds like a good spot, but my dad, t- 
my dad said this weekend he's like if i pull a tag you'll come down and will you come down in september he said yeah of course and i'll go help you find them like the the farm we hunt on like they have a general idea where they're at all the time so they'll just kind of take us out there and i'll go help them go shoot one so but okay since we got such far off a tangent banding in arizona not a big fan of it if it's nebraska maybe different story but I have a hard time just cutting down on freedoms and it kind of is a crap scenario. I don't know how much effect much of effect it'll have on a lot of things other than a few locals being pissed or I hope not a guide out of business, but kind of a crap deal. But yeah. That kind of finishes up. Uh, appreciate you guys uh listening to this. Uh Jeremy has the YouTube Hunt Fishery six five. Check it out or his Instagram. Make sure to hit subscribe uh make sure to check out our instagram probably get a little more lively on the instagram now that we're coming towards season as well as youtube so make sure to subscribe on our stuff and if you guys are looking for gear for the fall time check out bakerhunters.com so appreciate you guys listening to this make sure to comment if you got any uh, opinions and we'd like to hear about it so all right guys have a good night